My name's Bobby Walker with Journey of a New Entrepreneur, and I've got one message for you. Don't be a bitch! What is going on, everybody? It's Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. So excited to be coming at you again. I told you I was going to be bringing more episodes, and I'm living up to my promise. For So for those of you that have said, Bob, I got to have something to listen to while I'm working, you better be working while you're listening to this bitch, because this is going to be a good episode. You need to listen to it all. But before we get started, we got to listen to one more thing one more time. Don't be a bitch! I love it. I love it. This is the no bitch zone. If you don't know what that means, it basically means that if you're a victim, you're not allowed here. You know what? We all have bad things happen to us. We all have things that are outside of our control. But a bitch is someone that plays the role of the victim. They say that it's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. I'm not where I'm at. They're saying, you know what? I'm not going to pursue that thing because of what someone else may say, think, or do. But someone that lives in the NBZ takes total personal ownership over their life they're the captains of their own ship and they're pursuing their dreams and their goals so welcome to the nbz everybody and before we get started i've got it i always say i'm super excited about my guests but here's just the bottom line i wouldn't have them on my show if i wasn't super excited about them so i'm super excited to have my guest today but you're not going to know who he is just yet because first you know what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about responsive bids so to, to Blah, blah, blah. I'm getting tongue-tied. So today, because we always talk about all the things Responsibid does. Today, I want to talk about one thing. I'm not going to be talking about the fact that it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-and-a-quarter-day-a-year sales guy that lives on your website or saleswoman. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about the fact that it helps you build sales packages unless you sell, helps you sell things at higher average ticket prices. We don't need to discuss that because we know it. We're not going to talk about the fact that it makes it easy for customers to schedule themselves on your schedule with Responsive Bid's intelligent scheduling module in there, and it never messes up for you. We're not going to talk about all of those things. What I want to talk about today is the fact that Responsive Bid, well, hmm, let let me stop for a second and tell you how I want to approach this. Let me ask you a rhetorical question, everyone. Now, Brandon... You, you can you just nod on this one, okay? Don't, don't say anything, but you can just nod here. So everyone listening, we all know, yes or no, that the, the money is in the follow-up, right? Right? Now, Brandon, you can do more than nod now, so right? Is that cool? I mean, the, the follow-up is where all the money's at, right? Okay, all right. So now, the perfect sales guy is going to follow up every time and he's going to follow up until he's told no. How many of us, by show of hands, has hired the perfect sales guy? Oh, I see no hands have went up all across the country out there because the perfect sales guy doesn't exist, but the perfect sales system does. And that's what I want to talk about with responsive bid is the follow-up. When you go and you quote a job in person or you quote it over the phone or they go get the quote on their website, whatever it may be, you set the rules on following up with that customer and responsive bid executes it flawlessly every time the money's in the follow-up responsive bid handles the follow-up and did i mention that they have a 10 to 1 roi guarantee if you get responsive bid and you don't get a 10 to 1 roi you ain't paying for it there's no risk involved with this thing check it out JNE listeners get an exclusive deal you can't get anywhere else. You get an extra free month of service. You also get a special introduction rate. And, well, let's just be honest. You get to use my link, which 
as far as I'm concerned and all the word on the streets, that's a pretty cool thing. You're going to get a little bit extra credit by using the journey of a new entrepreneur link. So go to jnebid.com. Check it out. That's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, B-I-D, like responsey, bid.com. Go check it out. All right. We got the bills paid here. I love responsive bid, but not as much as I think I might like or love this guy here. We got Brandon Pegues with a silent E on the end. We got Brandon Pegues on the show. Brandon, <laughs> how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm blessed by the best and happy to be here, man. How about yourself, brother? Uh, like I said earlier, if I was any better, I'd be twins. There'd be two of me, and I don't know if the world can handle that much. Well, let's just be honest, beauty. But uh, but I'm here. I'm doing good. So I appreciate you asking. That's a lot of Bobby to go around. There's a lot of Bobby. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So listen, Brandon, you and I, we, uh, I mean, it would kind of be safe to say we don't know each other. I mean, we've met, but... Like, we've never, like, went out and done stuff, right? So we don't know each other real well. Is that a fair statement? Definitely. But I think we both agree we're probably the coolest people that we don't know. I mean, let's just face some facts. Um, I think we're pretty cool Pretty cool guys. I uh, actually saw you online, what, a month or so ago. You made a really cool post we'll probably talk about in a little bit and on Facebook. And I thought, man, I need to get this guy on the podcast. And then we happened to get to – uh, say bump into each other and say hi at the PWMCA event that was in Myrtle Beach. What was that last week or the week before? I can't even remember now. The week before. Yeah. So co- time flies when you get old, like I am. And um, we we got to talk a little bit there, and uh, that was a great event. We had a lot of fun. So if you guys don't know anything about the PWMCA, go check them out. Uh, Jamie Schmidt runs that organization, and uh, I think he does a pretty good job over there. So, but anyway, we uh, we met there job. and had a good time, and and. Here we are today, and let me just, I just got to confess my embarrassment. I was at the convention. I ran into you in the hallway. I was just kind of walking. I think, I don't know why I stopped, but I stopped, and I'm talking to a couple guys. And I'm like, hey, man, nice to meet you. you know, I'm Bobby, and you're like, yeah, I'm Brandon, and we're talking, talking. And and uh, something about let's, let's stay in touch. And I go, hey, are we Facebook friends? And you go, Bob, you just shared my post the other day, and I'm coming on your podcast. And I'm like, well, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that one out there. So, but anyway, Brandon, you're here. Glad you are. Walk us through that. You know, I always say the elevator speech of who you are. Introduce yourself to the audience and kind of let us get a feel for who you are, where you're at. You know, what you love in life, what you do. All right. Uh, well, first, I'd like to say thank you to Bobby. Uh, for allowing me to come on this podcast. Uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, my name is Brandon Pegues, um out of Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm the owner of Exquisite Power Washing, and uh, they call me Mr. Exquisite. Um, I'm a proud father of four, um, and I love my community and uh, uplifting people around me, you know, spreading love and peace. Love it. Love it. Now, do you do the like the long walks on the beach and all that stuff? I guess not in Raleigh, right? Well, not in Raleigh. You know, when I was down at Myrtle Beach, I, I had a chance, but it was kind of cold. You it know was. what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, dude, let's just jump right into it here and and learn all about Brandon. So the show's called Journey of a New Entrepreneur. So let's start with that journey. Uh, so how old are you, Brandon? By the way, uh, I'm 35 years old. 35. Okay, great. So 
uh, when did you start your first business? How old were you when you got, got started in the entrepreneur world? Oh man, my first business, man. Uh, I would have to say, man, uh, I, uh, I used to sell lollipops at school, uh, in the third grade. I used to, uh, I actually got in trouble. They, they, they tried to ban me from school for selling lollipops. Uh, so that was like my first little hustle right there, man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was my first hustle. My first official job, uh, was down in Lake City, South Carolina. Uh, moved there. Uh, in the fifth grade, I got a lot of trouble in, in elementary. So my mom sent me to South Carolina with my dad. And when I moved to Lake City, I got a job at uh, Ray's Car Wash. Mm-hmm. So I was I was washing cars and uh, cleaning tires was what they had me on at that age. Nice. All right. So so you're working for someone. Well, first off, let's talk about this this sucker business that, that we had going here. So I'm assuming you just go to like the gas station and buy some blow pops or tootsie pops or something like that and go to school and you just marked them up or how'd that work well uh at the time man my mom we was uh we had food stamps man you know mm-hmm. what i mean and back in the day when the food stamps used to come in this book it was like it was paper so i used to get food stamps from my mom and go up to the local grocery store and buy uh and buy reese's lollipops you know candy and go sell it at school you know and take the money and go back to the store so I didn't have to use my mom's food stamps, use my own little cash, buy more lollipops, come back to school and sell them again. Okay, very cool. I love it. <laughs> and then, so so you move, you, you're doing the, the thing with the car washing at age 15, if I heard you right on that. Uh, so w- where did you transition from washing cards at 15 to getting to running exquisite power is it exquisite power wash uh that's what i have written down exquisite power washing right exquisite power washing yep. yeah so where did you go from age 15 you know washing cars for someone else to being the captain of your own ship today um well i was uh actually i was washing cars uh when i was in the fifth grade that was about uh i had to be about 11 or 12 years old at the time um oh, okay. And then I ended up, I actually went to Lake City, got kicked out of school down there. So I got shipped back to Raleigh, North Carolina with my mom. Um, once I moved back to Raleigh, I, I started working in a fish market, one of my older cousins. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, I got I got real heavy into the streets. You know, I, I got about, uh, I was about uh, 14 or 15. And uh, we used to, me and my buddies, you know, we used to, uh, we used to steal clothes hmm. and when we used to steal clothes. We used to take a profit and buy weed so we could sell it at school. Um, so still an entrepreneur. There's um, some good to this. So, <laughs> so. You know, I, I learned, I learned my, uh, my, my, my marketing skills, uh, from, from my, my, my previous life. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah man. So I, I end up, uh, I started selling drugs, you know, uh, that was a lot, that was something I seen in my house growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was something that I was already accustomed to. Um, then I ended up going to college after high school, um, which in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, with the uh, Le Cordon Bleu uh, for culinary arts. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I graduated uh, with a associate's degree. I have a associate's degree in culinary technology. 
Really? Um, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, once I graduated, uh, about, i say about five or six months later, I don't even think it was that long, I got picked up by the, uh, the FBI, the, well, the DEA, um, and I got sent to federal prison. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, when I was uh, 20 years old, I got caught with four kilos of cocaine. Um, and so I turned 21 in federal prison. Um, and I spent six years uh, in federal prison. I went from Lexus, Kentucky, uh, Edgefield, South Carolina, Atlanta, USP. I was out in Ohio. Um, and you know what, during, during, while I was there, um, I remember when I first went in, man, I, I, I was, I was still a young guy. Like I told you, I turned 21 in, in prison. So most guys get to go and go to the liquor store for their 21st birthday. I got caught with a gallon of wine for my 21st birthday. You know, I got sent to the hole, you know what I mean? Trying to enjoy a 21st yeah. birthday. Um, so I had this old guy that I used to be in a cell with, uh, Mr. Leroy Kinley. He had been in prison for about 18 years. Um, and Leroy, he, he, didn't, he didn't watch TV. All he did was work out, and he would write in pencil uh, to the federal government trying to write an appeal on why he wanted to get out of prison. And they never answered him because he always wrote it in pencil. Hmm. But every day he would, just, he would just be sitting in his room doing that like sewing stuff together he was like he made clothes for people he would take your uniform and like alter it for you or whatever so i learned how to sew from leroy but one day um leroy had he set me down he was like man i've been watching you he was real quiet he said i've been watching you man he said uh i see you running around with these young guys getting in trouble he said you know you can keep doing that but you can either go in go out of here two ways, one or two ways, and you're going to go out either better than you came or either worse than you came. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I made a decision that day, you know, I, like I said, I had just graduated from college, so I made a decision that day that I wasn't going to let the prison system get the best of me. You know, I wanted to take it as a college term. Um, so, you know, I, I started um, educating myself, you know, taking vocabulary classes. I told myself I didn't want to come back, so um, I took more culinary classes. Um, also, um, what other classes that I take? I got real heavy in religion, you know, just wanting to know about, you know, my religion. Um, just focusing on myself so I could know me, you know yeah. what I mean? When I, when I came back into society and what uh, direction I wanted to go in my life. Um, so, you, like I said, man, I, I took it as a college term. You know what I mean? I hadn't read my first book um, until I went to prison. Uh, I graduated from high school on the sixth grade reading level. So, you know, once I once I got to prison and read my first my first book was a, was a country western. I read it in Anderson, South Carolina, hmm. and from that day forward, I just I would always read books, read books, you know, because I, w- I was so fascinated that I could actually talk talk myself how to read good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So. You know, from that day forward, I just educated myself, man. You know what I mean? Um, and when I came, when I got ready to come home uh, from prison, I uh, I knew, I, I looked at the Jam Pro. Um, I knew I had a buddy 
dad with, had a cleaning service. So I knew I said I wanted to go home and start me a cleaning business. I said I want to go home and start me a business. Um, I, I never thought it would be power washing. But, you know, I, I, I wanted to start a business. And uh, so when I came home, that's, that's what I focused on. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I had a, about three or four different businesses from the time I came home from prison to the time I started exclusive power washing. Um, I had a tax office, which was called Fast Cash Tax Services. I had a, a thrift store, which was called Corner Road Thrift Store. Um, I also had like a little hot dog stand that I used to run around with. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and then I had exquisite power wash and I used to have it set up in, my, in front of my uh, store, my thrift store. I had people like to wash cars. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I, I've had a, a, a nice little journey. Um, along my way before I got to, you know, start exquisite power washing. Just to help me on the timeline here. So, you know, at 20, you went in, when, when were you able to get out? And you may have said, but I just didn't catch it along the way there. Uh, I came home when I was 27. 27. Wow. Okay. So at 27, you, you, you pretty much started your first businesses and then how long until you, started your current exquisite power wash company how old were you then i was um i had to be about i'm not sure what age i was i know it was in 2013 it was november um 14th 2013 when i started exquisite power washing um i had found out i was having a little daughter mm-hmm. and I wanted to make a change. I wanted to get my life together. The businesses that I was running was really, it was, it was bogus. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wasn't, I really wasn't doing it the way I needed to. They were failures. Yeah. Um, and I went and got a job at UPS. Um, and when I started working at UPS, I was on low trucks, man. And if, it, if you, anybody on this podcast ever worked at UPS, you know, it's, it's rough, man. You know, around November and December. Oh yeah, uh, I could imagine. Time. Yeah, I, I don't know it, yeah. but I could imagine. Yeah, <laughs> hey, it's a million boxes to take off those trucks, and when you unload one, another one's backing up. So mm-hmm. that first check was in the hole, and when I finally got that check, man, it was one hundred and eighteen dollars, <laughs> and it just broke my little heart, man. I said, I know I can't raise my daughter with this. Yeah. So I took that same check and I went and started exquisite power washing. Um, Love it. And it was, it was, you know, I, I hadn't looked back. Actually, my brother came to me with the idea. My little brother, he was going through a divorce in, in Atlanta, Georgia. So he came up to Raleigh, North Carolina. He's like, man, he's like, man, I want to start a business. And remind, like I said, I had a couple businesses at the time. So um, I was like, all right, cool. He was like, power washing. He was like, we can make some money power washing. Like, I see it all the time down in Atlanta. So I'm like, power washing. Like, all right, whatever, cool. Like, let's do it. So like I said, when I got that check, I went on and started exclusive power wash. Um, and you know, my brother hit when he he didn't really go through with the business. So I I, I kept it going. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, I he we had started, it was in my name, so I was like, man, we're gonna keep doing it, you know what I mean? Um and it just, you know, it it, it took off over time, a lot of hard work and dedication. Man. Yeah. So I've gotta know, this is a very trivial question, but 
were you known as Mr. Exquisite before the power washing company and it was named after that? Or did you start the company and now you're Mr. Exquisite? I would say, no, it, it came after the company. Uh, like, like I said, I had a bunch of companies at the time, so I really didn't take it serious. I was kind of embarrassed to be power washing. You know, I was yep. like coming from the streets and running the tax office. I was like, it, I was looked at it, it was like it was. I didn't make that much money, so it was a pride thing. Yeah. Um, but in 2017, I you know I really started taking it serious and, and, and seeing that it was it was there for me at, at, at hard times. You know, when I would not have money or things would go wrong. And my other lifestyle, people would still call to get a house wash. Mm-hmm. And I was, I felt like that was a sign from God, man. And you know what I mean? Like, I just always say, once I get some money, I'm going to make sure I put it in the power wash. Um, so, it. yeah, like, you know, it, um, I was about to say something. Yeah, you had asked me a question. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Yeah, I lost my train of thought. Well, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll we'll talk, and then when that comes to you, interject. I'm I'm really really good at interrupting, as anyone that has listened to this show more than uh, zero times knows. Uh, so, you you mentioned uh, you know you had the four or five businesses they never succeeded. Now, to one degree or another, uh, I, I know you're having a great deal of success right now. And I don't even know how much money you're making. I don't know how much revenue you're doing. And none of that's important. The reason I know you're having a great deal of success is I can see it in you. I can see when you're online and you're talking about you're, you're building the life that you want. You know, you're, you're building the future, not just for yourself, but for your kids and other people that you love. I've, the little bit I've been around you, you know, you talk a lot about family. And, and, and I think you mean more than just blood relatives when you say that. If I, if I know you, I think that's kind of what you're getting at is just like the people that are close to you that you love. Um, what? Why is it that you're having success with your current one, but you don't think you had success with the previous ones? Um, honestly, I don't feel like that was my call from God, man. I feel like I was I was um, living a lifestyle of trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I really found my 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 happy place. Mm-hmm. I got comfortable. Um, you know, I've always wanted to be like a good businessman. You know, I never wanted to be a drug dealer. My, you know, my stepfather, he was a drug dealer. I, growing up, I used to tell my mom, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be like that. So when I grew up to be a drug dealer, my fight was to get out of it. You know, I, I want to do the right thing. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so once I got into, uh, exquisite you know what i mean it was more like i found a family you know i I, when i i love all race colors and creed Mm -hmm. so when i got into the power washing industry you know i met brothers all around the world sisters all around the world that had genuine love for to see me do the right thing and see me run a good business they could see the passion for me wanting to change yeah. So, you know, I, I got I built a really strong network system mm-hmm. um, with people that actually cared. You know, it wasn't like um, it was about the money, you know, like with my power washing business, you know, of course, I work for money. You know what I mean? So I could take care of my family. But it's not about the money. You know, it's about changing the family hustle, the family yeah. legacy. You know what I mean? Um, I could make money doing anything. You know what I mean? So. When I got into Exquisite, um, 
I was able to to leave my, my my previous lifestyle and and really live a legitimate lifestyle and, and really mean it. You know, I made a promise to God that you know if if He provided me an opportunity to have a good business, you know what I mean. I do anything I can to work, no matter what. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. when times got hard and I would be like broken power washing, I still didn't resort back to the streets because I made a promise to God. Um, I love it. So, you know, it's it's just, I felt like, yeah, I, I feel like Exquisite was just a calling from God, man. I, I know that it's more to it to come, but this is this is just the beginning, you know what I mean, for me yeah. to open my eyes and see what was going on. Now, did you change in that? Or, like, is your effort level the same with Exquisite as it was with your previous businesses? Like, do you think the lack of success was um, just because you genuinely were out of your element, or were you not? putting as much into it back then as you are now? Yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it, but I think it was, um, I think it was, was the lifestyle. I think it was, was, um, actually being, it was my time. You know, I had kids after I had my daughter, I had three sons back to back. So I wanted a different life for my sons. Um, That's good. I mean, that's good enough for me. I, you know, so, I, you know, cause it sounds like you're saying there is a little bit of change in there. You know, you had a, uh, a, a different, you kind of got to a chapter in life where you're, you're looking at things a little different. You're not necessarily, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're not just looking at, you know, what's good for Brandon, but what's good for Brandon's legacy, you know, and the, and, and the yeah. people coming after yeah. him. And, and I love it. Yeah. I want to go back a little like bit. Like I said, cause it was, no, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go. You go first. I'm the interrupter here, so you go first. <laughs> it was. I remember what I was about to say now, because it it, it it wasn't a, like I said, it wasn't about the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, you know, I was told um, by one of my my son's moms that I would never leave the streets alone until I found something that some passionate enough that that I enjoy like being in the streets because I'm a hustler. You know what I mean? I like to get out there and get it. I'm a hard worker. Um, I, I like communicating with people. Um, and I get that from my mom. She's the same way. But once I, once I got into exquisite, I was still hustling. I was still communicating with people. I was still making people happy. Um, I was able to take a $300 ticket to a thousand dollar ticket like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being able to communicate with people. So, yeah. And, and you had asked me, where did I get Mr. Exquisite from was it before or after I remember I got that from uh the Wood Wizard man uh Mr. Everett I, oh I was yeah the Wizard of Wood yeah okay the Wizard of Wood yeah, yeah. Well, he had his name and I he was like when I got into the industry I used to get on YouTube and see him and see him and see him and when I finally met him he was such a cool dude man yeah um and he uh he actually at, in 2017 no, it might have. It wasn't 2017. I think it might have been 2019. Um, I didn't have the money to take his class. He was going to be at Myrtle Beach, and I called him up and let him know. So he called. He he told me. He said, uh, "Don't worry about it, Brandon. Come on down and get the training." Mm-hmm. You know. So I went down to Myrtle Beach and got the training. He showed me so much love, man. Uh, so I made sure when once I got the money, I, I, he didn't. He told me not to even pay him. But I went on and paid him, and uh, he, he he showed me a lot of love over the years. So, 
with that Mister uh, with the Wood Wizard. That's where uh, Mister Exquisite came from. Cause I, you know, I had a lot of love for him. He had that name in the industry. Everybody knew him as the Wood Wizard. Yep. So I, you know, I, I, I took that and put Mister Exquisite. So yeah, shout out <laughs> to uh, the Wood Wizard for you know yeah. inspiring me to come up with my own name. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I we're we yeah we're friendly with each other online, but you know we don't like know each other well. I'm I'm actually hoping to get to chat with him at the huge convention this year. So uh, I've never been able to just sit down and, and chat with Everett that much, but he seems like guy. a, seems like a really good dude. And, and now he's even a better guy in my opinion, after the story you just shared. So that's super cool. Speaking of that, by the way, guys, quick, uh, quick little uh, plug here, go to the huge convention.com and get your tickets right now before they go up in price a little later here in the year. But uh, the huge convention is in uh, Atlanta this August, the 19th and the 20th. So go check it out. The huge convention.com. All right. Oh, uh, full disclosure. I'm part owner in the huge convention, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, go buy the tickets and I'll take, you know, one tenth of one percent of that uh, for myself. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. Big huge convention. Love the huge convention. Y'all please show up this year. Yeah, yeah, it's fun stuff. Um, so, Brandon, I'm going to jump back just a little bit. Uh, something that's got my curiosity, and uh, you brought it up, so I, I'm assuming you're cool with talking about it. And if you're not, let me know, and and we can move on. But uh, you know, so you, uh, I didn't hear how many, but. I heard a number that made me think, holy crap, that sounds like a lot. So, like, you had a lot of cocaine on you at one point, right? <laughs> that yeah, like, um, and then, but something, so, you you know, you're dealing drugs. You had said that, um, you had said that you knew you wanted to get out of that. And the reason this is kind of near and dear to me, uh, you know, I, I grew up, I never dealt drugs. And actually, I didn't do drugs. But the... Um, but I was around it. Like I could roll a joint at like age five because I grew up around it and it was in my house and, you know, and I was around some hard drugs, but the only drugs that I remember being sold was marijuana. So, uh, you know, I remember seeing extremely large quantities of that, you know, uh, around the house and, uh, you know, so to some degree or another, I've seen that side of, of life. Um, I've seen it, really destroy some lives you know fortunately not mine but uh but when you said that you knew you wanted to be out of it I thought huh that's that's really interesting were you in the middle of that mess I'm assuming that when you're in the middle of it you've got to have a front on you know you got to have a front of hey this is good stuff this is what I like doing I'm doing it because it's great or whatever just for the simple fact of you know being successful with your sales and operations but on the inside, was that not the case on the inside? Were you in the middle of it saying, holy crap, I don't want to be here. Or was there a time where you were like thinking, yeah, this is what I want to do as well. Like, was there ever time it's what you wanted or did you feel trapped regardless of what the case was? Well, you know, I, I, it's kind of like a, like, like a gang member, like a blood or crib. I was kind of like born into it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? My family, like I, I seen it a lot growing up. You know what I mean? Um, so, and I wasn't the smartest kid in school. You know what I mean? Like I played football and I, I know how to cook because I was the oldest kid in my mom's house. I had to feed my brothers and sisters. Um, so, you know, growing up, it wasn't like I, I, I knew how to do much. So I could go out and get a job. Um, 
I was still a bad kid. Um, so once I got older, you know, my, my stepfather, he went to prison um, when I was third or fourth grade. And he, he went to do 14 years. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'm the oldest out of my mom's kids. So our life dramatic, drastically changed. Mm-hmm. You know, we went from a rich lifestyle to like or what we thought was a rich lifestyle at the time, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, my mom working two, three jobs, working Burger King at night, you know, struggling to take care of us. Um, so I, I always, it was always, I wanted, I, I sold drugs to provide a better lifestyle. It's a stepping stone, you know what I mean? It changed my life because I didn't know how to do anything else. You know, I used to get in so much trouble growing up. I just wanted to prove to people that I could do something right. So after high school, I went to college because I knew how to cook. I didn't go to college because I wanted to go to college. I went to college because I was like trying to like prove a point. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, you know, and, and you know, that, that kind of went left field, even though I still graduated. But, you know, it was, uh, I've always, I always knew I wanted to do something different. I just, I didn't have the resources. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how to go into the bank and get a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to fit a paperwork out. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to do that stuff. So did you believe I, in yourself back then? Like you clearly do today, but at that point in your life, did you believe in yourself that you were someone that was worthy of doing those things or, or did you feel that that's what you no. were destined for? No. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't, I was, uh, I had no idea, you know, I, I knew that it was, it was more to life. I know I was a, a, a great guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I seen a lot. Uh, I pay a lot of uh, attention to my elders and stuff. You know, I, I don't. You know, I respect them. They tell me something. I'm listening. I'm not one of those guys. An old guy tell you something. You try to brush them off. Like I actually say he. So when I used to get in trouble, I would, you know, capitalize off my wrongs and learn. Yeah. Um. But you know, I back then I didn't see it. But when I went to prison, that's when I really started to see out the. <laughs> Because I went to federal prison. That's hold on. Um, something something buzzed there. You said uh, that's when you began to, and then I didn't hear what you said. When I when I went when I went to when I went to prison, that's when I began to see life for more. Uh, like prison helped me. Yeah. Yeah, like prison helped me. Like if you if, if, if they talk about people that you know the prison system wants you to be real rehabilitated. You know they that's that's their. That's their goal. Mm-hmm. I'm a product of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm rehabilitating. Like, nice. I don't want to like get in any trouble. I'm not like trying to mess it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like I learned so much being from a small town. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, but we didn't travel and stuff growing up. So I didn't see that. Like kids got Instagram, they could get on the phone and see China right now. Like, so when I went to prison, I got to meet people from all around the world. You know what I mean? It was it was like a big melting pot. So I learned so much once I got in my zone and said that I'm going to use this as a college term. You know, I started getting around people that was really smart. Like, nah, you need to read this. You need to learn this. You need to learn that. So that's when I really uh, I learned how to apply myself. You know, I get I gained confidence. You know what I mean? I I found out who Brandon was. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you know, I, I came home with a purpose. I told myself that. You know, I wanted to be looked at as that person that you know, they're going to look at me one day and say, man, that Brandon, you know, he, he got in trouble as a kid. He went to prison, but boy, 
he came home and he he had all them kids and he changed his life. Like he, he did yeah. what he needed to do. You know what I mean? As a, as a father and a businessman, that's my main goal in life, man, just to be a good dad and a good businessman. Love it. You know. Well, someone your kids can be proud of, right? I mean, there's not a better feeling than than your kids being proud of you. How old are your kiddos now? Oh man, my daughter is seven years old, and I have three sons, and they're all five. Well, thank they know you. they're not triplets. <laughs> I know they're not triplets. Okay, that, well, that's that. That sounds like that might be a whole podcast episode in and of itself. <laughs> oh, you gotta believe it, man! I had to go get rid of them, man, because I knew they was going to be in here. Like, hey, what's up? Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get in a quiet place right now. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. So. Let me tell you this much. You're lucky, though, that you got three boys and a girl. Because, man, my my youngest kid, I've got three kids. Uh, I've got a girl in the middle, two boys and a girl. And uh, my youngest boy just turned 18 pa- this past Friday, just the other day. Wow, congratulations. And, thank you, thank you. Because I kicked all three of them out the second he turned 18. But <laughs> the, <laughs> I've been tempted many, many times. But uh, holy crap, daughters are so hard to raise. It's like – it, the girls are smarter. They're they're they tend to be more creative, I think, and and in my case, they're extremely extremely stubborn. So, uh, good for you. You got three boys and a girl because holy crap, the girl's hard. So, and now I want to be clear: my daughter is a really good person. She's not getting in trouble. She's just really hard to be a dad to sometimes. That's, that's all. <laughs> but uh, that's good stuff. So, Brandon, let's let's change gears a little bit um, and get a little more into business here. So, let's talk about the current business. So, you've had exquisite. At, well, let's see here. In since 2013, I guess, or at least I know you've had it at least that long. So it's uh, what um, seven, eight years old, something like that. So, um, the, uh, tell us a little bit about what it looks like today. Cause we kind of know why you, well, we don't kind of know, we know exactly why you started it. You shared that story and then you said it was, you know, so in 2013, you started, you said in 2017 is when you kind of took a turn and that's kind of a common story I hear from a lot of people. Um, even like I've got, I know some very successful guys. Uh, one of them, one of my best friends, his name's Ryan Edrington. He's over here in Lakeland and I think he ran his business for like six or seven years uh, even though it was like his full-time gig, it was kind of like beer money, you know, in a sense, you know, he, he didn't take it real serious. And then one year he decided to start doing it. And now all of a sudden he's just like kicking butt. Sounds like you've kind of done the same thing. Tell us a little bit about what the company looks like today. Are you in the owner operator phase? Do you have a hundred employees underneath you? Is it somewhere in between? Uh, what, what do you got going? No, man, I'm actually, um, I'm actually comfortable right now where I'm at. I got uh, three employees, uh, two trucks out on the road. Um, I still got to do a lot of work myself because I enjoy what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, during peak season, uh, which is um, eight by April, mm-hmm. uh, I, I tend to fall back. I do a, uh, uh, let my employees handle it. Um, but once it gets around to about December, we, we tend to slow down a little bit. Well, actually, it's gotten better. We we, we we tend to go through the year from Jan- December to January. It tends to slow down in February, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, February is always one of our slowest months of the year. Um, so I just get everything together uh, to, you know, reboot our system. Uh, like I said, I got th- uh, two trucks out on the road. I still got a, a van 
that's that we don't use. I'm actually uh, transitioning for that now. Um, but you know, I started out washing cars uh, for like ten bucks. So now we we don't wash cars anymore. Uh, full surface uh, residential. Uh, we clean gutters, driveways. Um, we clean. Uh, we we do wood restoration. We clean wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we specialize in uh, soft washing homes. Uh, we do also do commercial buildings as well. I do a lot of apartment complexes. Oh, really? Um, nice. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I get I get a fair amount of apartment complexes every year. Um, actually, just got those ten ninety nines in, so we're gonna be getting getting ready to get those together for taxes. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun. So, huh? <laughs> Well, let, but, uh, let me ask yeah, you this yeah. real quick, if you don't mind, just kind of with this. When you started the company, uh, you know, uh, eight years ago, give or take, um, If and for everyone listening, if my math's off, guys, listen, I'm, I'm taking notes, and I'm bad at math anyway, so just, just I don't want to hear it. Don't send me an email or a message telling me that I added up his business wrong. We all know what I'm talking about here. Um, you started out, uh, and... Where I really, you know, where you really left an impression with me is I saw a post you made on Facebook, you know, roughly a month ago. I don't know exactly how long ago it was, but it was you. Uh, you were in front of one of your work trucks. You were squatting down, holding a yard sign, uh, you know, and uh, like a yard sign that you would use for marketing for your business. And you had said, oh, this was cool. I was digging through one of the old trucks. I found this sign. It brought back all kinds of memories. And one of the things that you had shared that kind of hit home with me that I thought was cool is you were like, people, people laughed at you, you know, when you started the business, you know, where it's like, oh, look at this dude, he's washing cars or he's licking windows or he's whatever it may be that, that you were doing. And um, I don't think if I'm a betting man that those people are laughing today, but walk, no, me, <laughs> walk me through the, well, I guess to finish the, the post, uh, just so I don't cut that off. Essentially, the sentiment was, I've, I, I have created and am continuing to create the life that you want. Sure, maybe there's some goals you haven't achieved yet, but, you know, if I was using my words to describe, you know, my life, and it kind of sounds like you have the same feeling as, you know, if I died today, I could die happy. You know, I got more stuff I want to do, but I'm on the path that I want to be on. I'm going the direction that I want to go, and um, and. I'm a dad that my kids can be proud of, you know. So how did you go from, or, or maybe I shouldn't say how, but share with me the experiences that you dealt with internally from dealing with, you know, the, the quote-unquote shame. Because I, I remember, you know, window cleaning seemed beneath me, and that's that's what we started, you know. So the shame of doing something, which shame on you and me for feeling that way, but but we felt that way. It is what it is to now, you know, you're not just happy with what you're doing. You're Mr. Exquisite. So how did that happen? All right, Brandon, we had a couple of audio issues there. We are back. Um, so listen, talk to me a little bit about that transition that you had. You know, there was a time where you started your business and, you know, people were laughing at you. You know, and we talked about that a little bit, you know, and making fun of the guy doing the power washing or the auto washing and you know, when it was me and my son starting our business, it was the the window licking and things like that. Um, I know they ain't laughing anymore because uh, you're no longer the 
the shy, I don't have what it takes to make life what I want. Brandon, you're freaking Mr. Exquisite today. So there was a transition somewhere, and there was a time it probably hurt, I would imagine, whenever, or maybe you got over it before it happened. I don't know, but you, it probably hurt your, your, uh, your feelings, if, if, uh, if you will, uh, when they laughed. How did you go from that guy to the guy today that's building the dream, creating the legacy, and proud of what he's doing? Um, and maybe I should say, not just I'm, – I'm not asking, like, how you did it. I'm asking, what was that process like in your mind? Like, was there stages, or did it was just one day it just just flipped, and there you are, or what? Well, you know, first thing I would like to say is with anything, you know, nothing comes overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a process, dedication, and hard work. Um, believing in God and your, and your process. Um, but – um, it was, it was, it was my kids, man, because it was times when I would be like down and out. Um, but my kids were so young at the time that, you know, I made a promise to myself that I didn't, I didn't want to be involved in, in, in another lifestyle. Um, when my kids got to kindergarten, mm-hmm. you know, when they got to school, I didn't want them to have to hide, you know, what their dad did, you know what I mean? Um, because that's how I was, you know, it's something that kids have to do. They, that's, that's what they see. So that's what they know. Um, but it would be times where I would be just down and out and probably broke, really not having the money that I want to do the things I'm used to doing. And, you know, when my, when my daughter got in school, um, you know, they, my kids, they always say, they they call me Mr. Squeeze Squeeze Power Wash Squeeze Power Wash Squeeze Power Wash. <laughs> um, so you know people would look down on it, but when I would be around my kids and they they would be like, my daughter when she was three and four years old, she like, Daddy, how many houses you got to wash today? <laughs> so I say, we, well we got seven eight houses on the schedule. She said, so okay, so that's. That's that's a lot of money, ain't it? So <laughs> once I started, you know, my daughter, you know what I mean, my kids has really been my drive, man. You know, my mom was, uh, she's always been there through all my trials and tribulations. I've been in trouble my whole life. So, you know, I wanted to do something different for my mom. You know what I mean? It felt good to go to a job and she'd see, tell everybody, this is my son. This is my son. He got his own power wash business. He's doing good. He's doing good. That's great. You know, uh, when I go down to... Uh, Ray Road, that's where my family from here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I see my grandmother's brother and sister growing up, you know, they 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 look down on the family, on me for being a drug dealer. You know, so I used to be ashamed to go around them. But when I would go around, once I start getting my business and they say, Brandon doing good, he doing good, you know, he got his business. You know, when I went to see my uncle, and he was just, he see me pull up in my work truck he was just so happy, you know, that, that, that's what mean the world to me, you know what I mean? Um, when I be on a hard day at work and I want to quit, um, and I pull up at my kids' school, with my daughter's school, because my boys weren't in school at the time, um, and the kids see my work truck and they chant, Mr. Exquisite, Mr. Exquisite, Mr. Exquisite. <laughs> you know, that's what really, you know, kept me focus you know on on days you know i didn't want to let them down my daughter 
her best friend, you know, her, her dad was a sheriff. You know what I mean? So how was it looking? You know, I, I not doing the right thing. And you see me on the news and say, oh, that's that's Priel's dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just didn't I just didn't want that. You know what I mean? So um, another time when I was down and out, man, I was on this job one day and it was like the house, the dick. She had a detached garage that was like another house. Mm-hmm. It was actually bigger than her house. Um, the driveway. And I, I, I had clearly underbid the job. You know what I mean? I think I have my, man, I think I might have get that lady the job for like 500 bucks. Had no idea what I was bidding. And it was hot. I was out there sweating. And I was like, man, forget this. Tired of this. And this man pulls up in his car, pulls in his driveway, he jumps out, and he, he starts to walk over to me. Um, and he had a he had a uh, a blue collar shirt on with some some navy blue pants. And he walks up to me and said, Hey, 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 man. Hey, uh man, you think you'll give me an estimate on cleaning my roof? So I said, yes, I, I, I can. So I'm sitting there looking at the man. And mind you, I just said, man, forget this. I'm quitting. And he had a little badge on his uh, on his shirt. And it said, Federal Bureau of Prison. So he was a correctional officer at the Federal Bureau of Prison. I had just came from. Yeah. So I, once again, I felt like it was a sign from God, man. You know, I just, I said, yeah, I, I come over there. I get your essence, sir. And when he walked off and went to his house, man, I start crying. I was just like, damn, man. I was like, man, that was God. It had to be God, man. I know that was God. Yeah. <laughs> like, God. Like, I don't even like these COs. I hate those guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nowhere. And I was like, so happy to see him. Like, hey, man, how you doing, man? Like, so I, uh, once I got done with that job. Is that man, the only time in your life you ever really was excited to see a correctional officer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You know, Officer Taylor, we still stay in contact to this day, but, man, once I got done with that job, I went over to give him his estimate, man, and I, and I told him, thank you. You know, I told him my situation. I said, man, I, 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 I just came home from prison. You know, I'm trying to run my business, trying to do the right thing. You know, I was at a breaking point, um, and I just want to thank you. You know what I mean? He was a pastor as well. Hmm. I said, man, I, I just want to thank you because God, you know, he, he sent you my way today. You know what I mean? That, w- that was truly a, a blessing from God, a message, you know, to just stay on a straight and narrow. And man, that man gave me a hug. I mean, he he yelled in the house, called his wife. She came out. She was a correctional officer as well. <laughs> I was like, whoa, he had two canine police dogs in the back. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, real deal, man. <laughs> So, yeah, man, it, it, it was just, you know, moments like that um, in, in my power washing career that really kept me sane um, and kept me doing the right thing, you know, kept me focused and kept me um, wanting to scribe for more and, and, and actually learn the business. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Actually get, get, up, get, get with people that was doing the same thing. You know what I mean? So um, that was that's and when I went to the convention, I went to the huge convention in 2017. That's why I love 
the huge convention so much. Yeah. I don't know if you see me promote it. And I just found out that you had took over, you know, part, a, a partner on it, uh, you know, yeah. your situation. So I was like blown away. Like, oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. You know, my favorite city, Atlanta, Georgia, it's going down. Yeah. And I'm telling everybody and their mama to pull up. You know, so that's awesome. I went to the huge convention in 2017 in New Orleans. In New Orleans, that was was the first one I went to. I almost couldn't make it. I didn't even. We almost didn't go. Uh, Yeah, I'm referring to my son Caleb, who's my business partner. We almost didn't go because you know I'd bought tickets real early, so I got them you know cheaper, you know, like real far in advance. Yeah, and did that early on, and. Then we had had some struggles in the business there, you know, a couple months prior to the convention, and we almost didn't go because I couldn't justify the car rental to to drive there, and we just I just said, you know what, we need to do this. So I'm just like, let's we'll figure it out, and we went. And I'll tell you what's actually really cool is, uh, you know, I, I'm part owner in the convention. It sounds a lot cooler than it really is. I'm you know I'm a minority owner. Blah blah blah. You know nothing. But I, I still love it though, and I'm super excited. And it's like, man, you know, four years ago, I almost didn't even go to this damn thing because I couldn't afford that what two hundred, three hundred dollar car rental. And uh, you know, Mama, look at us now. <laughs> you know, it's kind yeah, of exciting. So, yeah. Sorry it's to interrupt, exciting. but it's just cool that we, we the same one was our first event. That's that's pretty that, cool. That was probably that 2017 was both of our, our, our turning point in yeah. the industry. Is it, it opened up a, a lot of doors and. Met some good people, man. So, yeah, I went. I went to the huge convention in New Orleans, and uh, it, it, it changed my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, like you know, I was intimidated to go mm-hmm. in it. You know what I mean? Like, I started looking up classes on YouTube and trying to learn stuff. And, you know, I, um, you know, I, I was intimidated to go. You know, being a young black man from the streets, man. You know, I had yeah. tattoos, dreads. You know. I'm taking a, a, a step into a new world, um, which is predominantly white. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not a racist, but I just didn't know how people would yeah. take me. You know what I mean? So, well, Hey, I, I want to interject there for a second because I, I want to segue to uh, – on this exact note, I didn't want to bring it up unless you did because, you know, I don't know, old white dude. So I figured I'd let you lead on this. But you made a post the other day. And mm-hmm. – uh, and it was on this topic. Uh, you cool with chatting about that? Yes, sir. Dad. All right. So you, you had made a post in uh, the, I think it was the pressure washing motivation group, if I remember right. And it was right after the event that we went to at Myrtle Beach. And um, uh, you had said something, uh, basically, uh, pretty close, paraphrase, you know, hey, what do we got to do to get more, uh, more black guys and more um, uh, Hispanic guys at events like this? Is that mm-hmm. a fair assessment of what you had typed? I mean, I, I think that's pretty much what yes, you said, sir. right? Yep. And, much, yep. and um, you know, a lot of drama came from that. You know, there was a lot of people, you know, I, I say a lot. I don't know. The jerks tend to be the, the loudest people in the room. But, you know, uh, it felt like a lot of drama came from it. There was also oh, yeah. a, a lot of love and support in there, too. You know, so let's, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to, you know, not not focus on those guys. But uh, I remember, and I'm, I'm just reading that thing, and – you know, race, uh, man, it's a touchy subject, right? You know, just to talk about right. it. it's, it's scary, you know, as a, as a, a white guy wanting to 
talk about it, it's scary because you don't want something to be taken out of context or someone think, you know, you, you say something, you didn't, you didn't mean that, but it was taken that way or what, what have you. But here we are talking about it. Okay. Right. Um, you know, I read the, I read that post and then I hear you say what you just said about the, you know, the, the, your first trip to the huge, which ties into this. And I read that post and I was like, uh, Hey, you know, this is, this is a positive post. It's like, Hey, you know, how, how you didn't say, how can we get less white guys to go? <laughs> you, you didn't say, you know, down with whitey or anything like that. You know, you just said, Hey, what do we got to do, you know, to get that? And it was funny that you had posted. I, I want to ask your, your thoughts on this here in a second, but I'm just trying to paint the picture here. Um, mm -hmm. I remember, and I, I talked to a couple of dudes offline, you know, just, you know, just private message and this and that. And, uh, uh, just saying like, man, when I saw that, I didn't see anything negative at all. I, you know, I, I just saw a guy just saying, Hey, let's, let's, let's just get some more people that, you know, look like me around here maybe. And I, I remember at the event, the PWMCA event, Myrtle beach thinking, wow, there's actually a lot of representation of black guys here that, you know, from a percentage standpoint, uh, maybe it was the same number of black guys that might be at the huge convention, but you know, there's 1500 people versus, you know, two or 300 people. Uh, and I, you know, I didn't really think much more of it other than that's cool. You know, it's, uh, you know, um, a little different and different in a good way. You make this post saying, Hey, let's, let's do that. Some people came at you with, uh, with some hate. Some people came at you with some love. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, what are your thoughts, you know, tie that into this experience at the huge. So, and, and maybe let me lead you with a, a question that I saw some people that I would say were probably more on the negative side of this is like, you know, well, why would you feel embarrassed about it or, or not embarrassed, but why would you feel scared? There's no one here threatening you. And there's no one, you know, there's no white guys standing out there with a, with a hood on saying, you, you know, you're not welcome. Why would you even feel this way? I think I, you know, I see some reasons why someone would probably feel that way. You know, someone that looks like you would probably feel that way, but, but I'm not you. Um, share your, share your thoughts on that. Yeah, man. I, um, you know, growing up in a black neighborhood, uh, you know, you don't really, you really don't interact with white people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's until you go to school, you know, but once you go home, it's like, you know, you're in your own zone. Um, and then when I, you know, when I went to prison, it was, it was kind of the same way. Um, and me being a, having a record, you know, um, really not ever, ever really engaging in that lifestyle. You know, I basically come from an underworld. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, with racism in, in, in the United States and the way that, that things have been in the past, you know, for black, for a black man to come to stuff like that, it's a little intimidating um, because you don't know, yeah, you know, but it's not, it's not left up to the white race to fix. It's, it's a black thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's us as a race that aren't coming out to the events that aren't thinking outside the box. Um, cause once I went to an event, man, like I was welcome with open arms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, some of the, people I met there are some of my great power washing family right now to this day. Um, Dave Carroll, Josh Trees, like those guys, they seen I was by myself and they scooped me up. It was like, hey man, you by yourself? Come on, you rolling with us. Yeah. You know, 
took me out, meant work, talked to me, um, helped me uh, transition into a new a new life for me. Um, so yeah, it's 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 not a. I seen a lot of negative comments when guys was thinking it was like a race thing, um, but just like any. Um, you know, you, you want to see people that you want to have somebody to look up to. Yeah. You know what I mean? As being a black man going to an event, even for black men, something I experienced. Um, we don't even really speak to each other at these events. Hmm. You know, I see another black man and I'm, I've been guilty of it myself where you see another black man at an event that's paid to 200 white guys. You just see a one other black man or two other black guys, and it's kind of like kind of not even really speaking to them. And why you is that? Be embracing them. I don't. I don't know. I think it's honestly. I think it's a a a, a communication barrier. A, a um a lack of uh, understanding each other's world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's really weird. I, you know, I talk with a lot of my, my African American brothers about it, um, and I've I've been speaking out about it a lot lately because, you know, like I said, I got caught with four kilos of cocaine. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, you know, I basically got bamboozled to go to prison, mm-hmm. following behind my older cousin. So I always said that I didn't want younger. My message would be not to let younger guys go down that path. Mm-hmm. So don't try to keep up with the Joneses. So when I came into the power washing industry, you know, I started out the hundred dollar house wash guy. Yeah. Because I was intimidated to get help. You know, I would go into the groups and get bashed. So I just shut up and did what I had to do to make money. But over time I learned the business and, and you know got involved and learned how to make it grow. So right now my message is still the same thing, but I'm just in another field where I don't want young Brothers coming into this industry, no matter if it's black, white, Spanish, no matter what it is, um, having to get suckered and bamboozled, you know, having to go through the through, yeah. the, through the trenches that I went through. Because, like I said, I I didn't start getting serious about my business until 2017, but I started in 2013. So what's that? Three or four years? I didn't take the business serious when yeah. I could have been way off, way ahead of where I am now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I just want to be, you know, a, a, a light or a vessel for these younger power washers coming into our family because that's what I look at it as. Yeah. This is a family. Um, yeah, do you mind if I interject here for a minute? Mm-hmm. Um, something I'd like to, you know, I mean, again, we're talking. The can's open. Let's talk about it. The, you know, back to like that post you had made. And, and it's not so much about a post as much as just someone being vocal and, and, and sharing a thought and, it's kind of taboo, you know, to really talk about this. And, like, if I'm just being completely honest with you, I feel uncomfortable. Like, not so much that I don't want to do it. I actually appreciate the fact that you're willing to have this conversation with me. But I feel a little uncomfortable having the conversation, you know, kind of like yeah, I said, yeah. you know. And it's not – and I'm not uncomfortable with race. Um, it's just, like, you see so many things happen. And you see it both sides, like both ways where – you know, it's either, you know, if the white guy says something, all of a sudden he's he's just, 
you know, the worst racist on the planet because of X, Y, Z. If, if the black guy says, how can we get more black people here? It's like, well, why do you got to brag, you know, drag race into it and blah, blah, blah. And you're just trying to create a divide. And it's like, I think there's, pardon my French, Brandon, if you, if your kids are around, close your ears, but it's a bunch of bullshit, you know, and the, the, and just using that post as an example, you know, there was a version of me in my past. I'm 42 years old today. Now, I would say I grew up not being a racist person. I grew up with a racist family. I think it's probably, I probably just rebelled against that particular thing. But I can also look back in my life and especially like in my youth, like in my younger teen years and stuff and be like, huh, I definitely had some different views and said some different things than I would say today. You know, so I, I, I can't come out and just say, well, I'm just like a, a perfect person that's innocent of all whatever. But today, I'm not going to say I don't see race because when I'm looking at the screen that you and I are on, I see two people that look different, you know, but I'm but I'm cool with that. So it's like to me, it doesn't matter, but I see it, you know, and and, and the fact is there is an issue in our world today. But getting back to that post, it's like I saw people throw hate at you saying, you know, why you got to bring bring that into this? Or why are you afraid of white people? Or why are you this? And why are you that? And it's like Brandon didn't say white people did anything to make him afraid. And and maybe some people did in the past. You know, who knows what your situations are. But the words that you said that really stuck out to me is you said it's not a white thing to fix. You know, you said it's a black thing. You know, like there's just some of us that we're not coming because we're scared. And if anything, on this post where some guys, you know, shared some hate with you, you know, uh, degrees of hate or what have you, I don't know, but, you know, shared some negativity. It's like um, you you were literally, in a sense, defending them with that post. You were literally saying, why aren't you guys coming out when I go to these events? I'm having a great experience, and I want you to have a great experience like I did. And for some reason, it had to be turned negative. And I, I, I want to give you props, one, just for – uh, not being like me and having the guts to make you know talk about it publicly. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I don't talk about it publicly. This is going to go out to a lot of people, but um, I, I appreciate you um, just willing to share. I appreciate your attitude as well. You know, I, I think you've got an extremely non-divisive attitude. I think you've got the right attitude. You didn't say people are innocent here or there. You just said, hey, there's some stuff that needs to be fixed, and on this topic, it's on us. And, uh, and you're probably being generous. There's probably stuff on both sides of that fence that needs to happen. But I think, I, I think I get your point and I appreciate you not just saying it then, but I appreciate you sharing it on the podcast, you know, and, and anyone that's listening to this point is probably my kind of people. If anyone shut it off when this topic came up, I hope they don't tune back in in the future. But, um, I don't know if I have anything else to say other than I appreciate your, um, your kindness on the subject. I appreciate the fact that, um, God, I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. But, you know, if as a white guy, you know, you, we really feel like we're not allowed to talk on the subject. You know what I mean? It, like there's times we really feel like we're damned if we do and we damned if we don't, you know, uh, anyway on even, even I'm saying coming from the perspective of someone that has a, a positive uniting view on the subject and you still don't want to talk on it because you're afraid you're going to get crucified for something. And, um, so in saying all that, thank you 
for for having the hearts you've got. Thank you for having the conversation with me. And then to top it off, it's on a freaking podcast, and uh, and I I respect that even more. So uh, props to you, my friend. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, man. Um, something else I would like to touch on about it though is, uh, you know, the number one thing when you're building business and building life is relationships. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big thing that I focus on, and I I would just like to promote that to everybody, man. You know, the relationships that you make, no matter what race, color, and creed, will carry you through life. You know, when you, we all have hiccups, we all have financial problems, we have ups, we have downs, but the relationships that you make will help you conquer that when you're down. You know what I mean? So build good relationships, man. Uh, and the, the whole race thing, man, uh, in our industry, you know, I feel like we got three different categories of people. You got racist white people, you got racist black people. Then you got the people in between, which mm-hmm. are us that see things logically. You know what I mean? Um, we see things for what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, I see problems on both sides. You know, I, I'm a very diverse person. Um, like I said, when I came into this industry, I, I reached out to some of the top dogs in the industry to build good relationships, and I still have those relationships to this day. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on both sides. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm dealing with the white race and, and, and them showing me love and I'm dealing with the black race and they're showing me love. And I'm dealing with my black brothers and Spanish brothers that are coming to me, you know, uh, you know, basically opening up because they feel like if I, they ask a simple question in another group, they get bad. So they just don't say nothing. So they come to me and open up and say, Hey man, this is why I don't go to those. This is why I don't go to, you know, these events. Do you think it's it's okay to go to the huge convention? I had so many people reach out, man, it's a huge convention, all right? Man, the huge convention is great. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to meet some good people that's networking. You might run into a racist person. Yeah. That don't mean that you, you have to cut off the whole event because of one person. Yeah. You're going to see racist people all around, you know what I mean? No matter yep. where you go. Um, the closest people to you in your life are the people that hurt you. Um, only thing I got a, a problem with, with the white man in America is, is slavery. Hmm. But me living my 35 years in life, I can't say that the white man has ever did anything to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I went to, I went to prison, but, uh, the guy I was selling drugs with snitched on me. He was black. <laughs> the judge, he went to school to be a judge. He gave me my time. I accepted. He did his job. I'm spray bleach. I rinse it off. Supposed to clean your house. I'm doing my job. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I look at things a lot differently. You know what I mean. Um, uh, my brother got killed last year. Oh wow! So a, a black man shot him in the face. Another black man, not a white man. Yeah. <laughs> so why 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 would I have a problem with? You know what I mean. My, like I said, my lifestyle. I come from a drug dealing lifestyle. You know, I come from a criminal lifestyle. When I changed my life and, and got ready to power wash. Uh, white men show me how to power wash. Yeah, I'm not going back to prison. I'm here now, able to take care of my kids and live a legitimate lifestyle, all because a white man showed me for free. Yeah, I learned how to clean a roof for free at an event at a power washing event. Like uh, Ray Burke taught me that. Like I said, Wood Wizard. I didn't have the money to take his class. A white man let me come take it for free. Yeah. 
he didn't even want the money. <laughs> My pride made me pay him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he didn't even he didn't care about the money. You know? Um I, I don't want to so, get too lighthearted here, but if Ray Burke helped you out, it wasn't just a white man, but it was a ugly white man that helped oh, you out. Oh man. <laughs> With a, a moon roof at that. Ah. You know, like, he got the Homer Simpson going on, man. But I love you, Ray. Yeah. I, I, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I'm I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail, but I cannot pass up an opportunity to insult Ray Burke. <laughs> and yeah, he wouldn't pass it up. He no, wouldn't. He wouldn't. I, See y'all's podcast together. He was roasting you, bro. You gotta get him back. <laughs> oh shoot! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have went there. But yeah, man. You know, not to take away from 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 anything, man. You know what I mean? Um, I love every race, color, and creed, but I do see a a a a a barrier, a, yeah. a miscommunication, um, with with the race. You yeah. know what I mean? Um. Like I said, I, these guys, a lot of a lot of good white brothers out there showed me the game, um, and I, you know, I just I promote that to to other brothers as well because it's a lot of black men and Spanish uh, Hispanic brothers out there that are doing good, they're running good businesses, but there's certain things that they might be missing. They want to come to training so they can actually learn and excel, but they're a little intimidated. So I want to I want to you know promote and let them know, hey man, come out, man, it's all love. Come out and get this education. You might yeah. not see the first person. And fall in love with him, but you know, if you run into Bobby Walker and see that shiny ball head, you're definitely gonna fall in love. Like you're gonna get a hug, he's gonna smile. He's like six four. He's gonna make you feel like he's an old NBA guy. Or something, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's 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 just what I promote, man. Yeah. Because we, people are missing opportunities. Yeah, they're going out in jobs. They're not uh, being safe like they need to be. Um, like I just posted a picture earlier. Me on a me on the lift without a harness with my employees, um, but that came before I went to the Hughes Convention. Yeah, you know that came before you know I came out my comfort zone and, and wasn't intimidated to go to these events and actually shake put out shake put my hand out and shake. Now every every event I go to, it doesn't matter what your energy is or your vibe. I don't care if I think you're racist or not. Mm-hmm. If I make eye contact, I'm going to stick my hand out. I'm going to introduce myself. Hey, I'm Brandon with Exquisite Power Washer. Nice to meet you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm going to say it loud enough so people around me can hear it. So if you are racist, you're going to have no choice but to stick your hand out and show me some love because I come in peace. Love you it. know what I mean? I come showing love and I represent this power washing industry. You know, I'm a, I'm a proud representative of it. Like, I used to think I would go to the NFL, but I didn't make it. So the power washing industry <laughs> is what I have. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm going to see my power washing yeah. brothers another event uh we're gonna we're gonna network we're gonna go out like it's gonna be big like my family and everybody around me knows that it's like they think you're crazy (laughs) well first off first off as soon as you tell someone you're going to a power washing convention people what's what's the thing someone says to you um well now you know what i mean they they like uh they're like man you know you're taking that power washer to another level. I've never seen nobody, you know, go to classes and stuff. Yeah. Like, how did you find that? You know what I mean? But in the beginning, it was like, you want to a power washing convention? Like, what? What you What you going to do there? <laughs> well, the one I always hear is, what I would always tell people, I'm going to a pressure washing convention. They're like, they have those things? That's the one I always yep. hear. They I heard that before as well. <laughs> how did you find that? You yeah. know? But the the beauty of it is what you just said. And this is, well, you know what? I, I, let's make this a commercial for the huge, even though that wasn't the point. But go to the huge convention, guys. Go to thehugeconvention.com. Check it out. Uh, but 
the beauty, whether it's the huge, whether it's any other uh, event, you know, any event that, that has people with attitudes like Brandon, you know, any, any event that just got good people there, which as far as I know is all of them going on in the industry. Um, the, there's extreme value in the content that's shared, you know, the, the stuff that's taught in the classes and stuff. And I'm going to say at worst, there's an equal amount of value in the relationships that you build while you're there. And I'm, I'm saying at worst, that's probably even the stronger point, probably even the more valuable side of it is getting to know those people. Because just like you said, that first one in 2017, I still have some relationships that I met there. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, responsibid. You know, I met Kurt Kempton there, who's one yep, of my I best friends. Yeah, and and uh, you know, but it's just it's really cool stuff. And uh, Brandon, I'm I'm gonna start segueing here because I this is actually I love how long we're going. I told you we'd go two hours, but I lied. I actually don't have two hours in me here. And I know you've got kids, <laughs> but, I, but I do want you for a few more minutes here, but we're going to kind of change gears just a little bit. Um, I, and, and no offense if you haven't, I'm just curious. Have you ever listened to my podcast before? Have you ever heard it? I listened to it. Uh, after I seen you at Myrtle beach, I went and watched the oh. one with you, Ray Burke and Dougie do. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. So, and I don't think I did this on that one, but the um, I always ask people, but I, I want to say probably, but I know the fact is this is the most important question a business owner and a father could be asked, okay? So I want you to get your game face on here for a second because I'm going to put you on the spot in front of the dozen of people that listen to this podcast, okay? So, Brandon. Imagine that you're in an arena. You said you wanted to play in the NFL, so just imagine you're standing in the middle of an empty football stadium. You're on the 50-yard line, on the logo in the middle, and you're by yourself, okay? Okay. And you've got to make a choice. You're going to get two options. Because what's about to happen is you're going to have a fight to the death, and you get to pick your opponent. Here's your two options for your opponents. Option number one is you get to pick a horse-sized. So imagine something, you know, imagine how big a horse is. But then just imagine it's a duck, a horse-sized duck. Okay? So you got to fight one of those to the death, just your fists, your feet, your knees, your elbows. That's it. Or you get to fight 1,000 duck-sized horses. So you're going to fight a 1,000 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck to the death, no rules except for no weapons. What say you? So I got to choose between 100 ducks, a little thousand, duck. 1,000 little bitty horses or one gigantic duck. Which one would I choose to fight? Now you see why this is the most important question you've ever been asked in your life. This is a very important question. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Um, what's after the fight? You know what? The beverage of your choice and the admiration of the human race for being <laughs> awesome. 
Okay. Okay, cool. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if I want to go ahead and fight this one horse and get it over with, or if I need to fight a thousand horses just in case I, I lose the one, I could like keep fighting. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, fighting no, no. The thousand little ones, you got to, it's over when they're all dead or when you're dead. The one big one, it's over when it's dead or you're dead. There's yeah, no, I think I'm a- no trick questions. You just, just yeah, fight I, think I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm gonna fight the big one, man. Oh my, dude! I'm the only person on the planet that chooses the little ones. I don't know what's up with this. Every all of you guys are wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah, think- <laughs> let's walk the listeners through your strategy. So here you are, that that duck. He's been let out of the the locker room underneath the stadium. He's kind of worked his way up onto the field. You're standing there at the fifty yard line. You've got your fists up. You're ready. You know, you're protecting your chin. And uh, the duck is approaching you. He's about 10 yards away from you. He's in the middle of the field at the 40, walking your way. How do you take him out? Is it a boy or a girl? Your choice. <laughs> I've never been asked that question. If he's, a big, if he's a big horse, you know what I mean? For if he, When he comes at me, I'm going to duck. And go up under him and hit him in his nuts. Hit him in the nuts. Okay. That's a good – that's probably the best strategy I've heard of anyone because a lot of guys are like, oh, I'm going to take out his legs. And I'm like, he's got duck legs. You can't go nowhere without your nuts, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. down. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, shoot. Brandon. I'm going to give you kind of the last word here, then we'll sign off. Uh, And I don't care what the topic is. I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's parenthood. I don't care if it's culinary stuff. Actually, I don't, I still don't know what uh, culinary, uh, uh, your degree was in culinary um, uh, technology. technology. I need to figure that out, but we can talk about that offline. Um, But uh, I don't care if it's a black, white thing, whatever. What's your, what's your final thought? You know, it can be profound or it can be. It's been fun. See you. Bye. What's your final thought? Final words for the listeners here. My final thoughts. Um, always believe in yourself. Um, never let an assumption hold you back from greatness. Um, always follow your dreams. And be positive, spread love, not hate. Um, one of the biggest transitions in my life one that I had was I used to be a very negative person. You know, I still got negative ways. I'm not perfect to this day. But um, when I started really being positive and spreading a lot of love to people, um, actually giving back, really not focused on the money, just focused on just being a good person, my life changed. You know, my business changed. Um, so, you know, stay true to yourself, you know, follow your dreams, man. You know, don't, don't give up and don't let nobody discourage you. You know what I mean? And and love every race, color and creed, like it's your own color. Love it. Mr. Exquisite out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, sir. I'm just going to allow that to be the sign off guys. Thanks for listening.